0: Episode 80 of This Developing Story. What's <music> up, y'all? This is Brian, back again for another podcast uh, with an interview. So hopefully you enjoyed Will Johnson from last week. Uh, if you have not seen on the YouTube channel yet, youtube.com slash I actually threw Will's video up on YouTube as well as a, a bonus little content we did at the end where I asked him about Top Shot in the blockchain. Just want to say, I am going to be doing interviews moving forward. It seems like I've got the system down. I, I just actually, I put together a Calendly link and uh, just kind of shop that around, send that to people's DMs. And if they say yes, Then we have a podcast. If they say no, then I will just do a stream by myself. And, uh, (laughs) I know you'll be around with me live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash B Dougie. Yo on Fridays, who knows? No promises. Uh, with that said, I will be out next week because, because I'm actually moving back to California. I've actually been in Florida for the past three months and, uh, hanging out with my grandma. She just turned 89 last weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's been interesting being back in Florida where all this began. Um, I, if you don't know, I'm actually from Florida. Uh, got my start going to Tampa, Ruby Brigade, and um, also <laughs> got my start working in Orlando, Florida. And um, some of the earliest episodes was when I was working as a junior engineer at ICA. So that's not why I'm here today. Today, I'm actually here chatting with Allie Spittle. Uh, Allie's is actually the ho- one of the hosts of Ladybug Podcast, so you should definitely check that out. And then also, she also is a developer advocate at Amplify. And she's going to be chatting about developer content creation. Uh, I know Allie originally from Dev2, where she was prolific and doing weekly posts, uh, almost seemed like daily posts, but yeah, weekly posts for quite a while. We actually connected through the Party correcting Network, and there was a conversation about developer relations, but also just content creation in general, and whether he who has the most tools, wins when it comes to content creation. I think what we ended up getting to um, probably won't surprise you in our answers. But uh, with that being said, if you're interested in learning about how to get started in content creation, this is the episode for you. So I really uh, appreciate Allie taking time out of her day to chat with me and talk about the subject, the subject that I'm actually really extremely passionate about as of late. Uh, doing a newsletter, subscribe Live, and so many other places. But I'll stop rambling. I'll let you listen to this episode. And without further ado, here is Allie Spittle. Today, we are doing another sort of record a YouTube video podcast. Honestly, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this, to be quite honest. It will eventually be on YouTube, um, but I've been doing podcasts, streaming, YouTube videos all on Friday, all in one go on, on stream. So that's what this is, so call it what you want. Uh, but today I've got Ali Spittle uh, from Amplify, AWS fame, big time dev to writer, content creator, formerly General Assembly teacher as well. I don't know if that, is that part of your bio too as well? Why don't, why don't yeah, you introduce yeah, yeah. yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, so before I started at Amplify, I think eight months ago now, so I don't know, it still feels very new, but also I'm settling down a little bit. But for the past three years before that, I was a lead instructor and then a faculty lead at General Assembly. So my background's really in teaching code and making it as understandable for new weeks as possible. So developer advocacy is still something that I am relatively new to. I did for about six months or so, split half of my time at dev2 as a developer advocate and the other t- half of my time as a front-end dev. So yeah, the whole DA thing is new piece <laughs> of my life.
0: What was it like? The um, So you, you spent a lot of time as an engineer. Actually, can I ask your background as an engineer? Did you do the yeah. CS degree?
1: I did not. No, I accidentally became a software engineer.
0: <laughs> accidentally? <laughs> wait, okay. I think I, I probably know this story, but could you explain this uh, and how you accidentally became a software engineer?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in the absolute middle of nowhere in New Hampshire a town of a couple thousand people. And my high school didn't even really have a computer lab. So when I got to college, I had to take a math class one semester. And the only one that fit into my schedule was computer science, which isn't really math, but that's okay. It it counted as a math credit. And I took this CS class and just fell in love with it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever that I could type a Python script into my computer and it would tell the computer what to do. I could really build things. I thought it was incredibly, incredibly fun. But then the next semester, I came back to take a C++ class. D- did not understand it at all. Had to spend all-nighters just to do the basic assignments and wasn't even doing that great with them. And so I was like, I'm not good enough at this. I obviously learned too old, which is super funny now that I've taught, like, 50- and 60-year-olds how to code. And I was, like, 19. I was like, I'm just, I, I, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Like, I, I am not smart enough to be a programmer. Like, these people are geniuses. I can't do it. So then, I was doing an internship the next semester, doing mostly like data analysis things, like Excel work. And I realized that I could kind of automate my own job with Python, and nice. so I did that. And then I got recommended for a software engineering internship, which turned into a job. And so I accidentally became a software engineer my uh, junior year of college.
0: Nice. It remind <laughs> me. Like, what was your major? Oh, that's
1: hard enough for this to, to doing it full time.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's awesome because my intro to programming, which I don't know if I talk about this a lot, but uh, I was doing sales and I had to manage Excel spreadsheets as well to input. Uh, large orders. like These are like 80K to 100K, which I don't know if that's large or not uh, in the whole sales world, but um, it was big for me. So I had to make sure it was correct. So I wrote a script in VB. Uh, I Googled it the entire time. So like that's how <laughs> I learned what GitHub was. Uh, but wrote a script in VB to basically input it from the PDFs into Excel spreadsheets and then into our... Um, what is that? There is a... a there's a large conglomerate based in Germany that does a bunch of sales software that's not Salesforce. But um, anyway, we're, we just had to input in there. And um, I just sort of learned it and got hooked from there.
1: That's awesome. I feel like it's a more typical path than people talk about, This learning Excel and then from there getting into programming, just because it is so similar. Like I think Excel is a lot of people's first programming language, even though they don't think of it that way.
0: No, yeah, and it it's it's ironic, but it's also like um, to be like kind of frank and honest, like no one really has there's no real uh, there's no set journey. Like getting a CS yeah. degree is not what's gonna prove you to be the next great, you know <laughs> Elon Musk or you know Mark Zuckerberg, which I don't even know if any of those those guys got CS degrees at all. I don't know their backgrounds, but well, I know Mark Zuckerberg, he dropped out. But what I'm getting <laughs> at is like there's not a proven path to get a dev job, and that as one thing is you can just look at all these YouTube accounts and all these Twitter profiles and all these Dev2 writers, they all have unique experiences and they all bring that to the table and that's sort of how you get your intro into your network yourself into like your first job your next job your last job hopefully not your last job but into your next job
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: cool well thanks for chatting about that I, i stopped you to talk about your your background and i completely forgot oh yeah i wanted to ask um your experience at dev2 being an advocate too as well that was your first advocate role
1: yeah yeah so i think every job that i've had i've pretty much just done the job before having the job and I think that's probably a very common thing but I think the same thing is true for developer advocacy. So I started at General Assembly which is a coding boot camp and so I was no longer a software engineer, a typical software engineer I was teaching other people code but it's teaching a lot of the same beginner things over and over again. So I was like, how do I keep my skills fresh? How do I keep learning and prepare myself for the next role if that happens? And so I started blogging. I was like, this is going to be something that helps my career. And my goal was initially that I was going to pick one topic each week, build an app with it, and then write a blog post about it, which is absolutely ridiculous schedule especially for somebody with a full-time job um especially writing about something that I did not know about going into that week and my first blog post got like I think 32 readers and I thought it was huge like I thought that was so many people reading my blog posts because you know I I had like Next to no following on social media and under a hundred Twitter followers, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is really cool! Like people are reading my stuff. I, I'm going to keep blogging." And eventually, started instead tailoring my stuff to you know, being the stuff that I knew really well instead of just things that I was learning about more casually. And that's when it started to catch on a little bit more. And uh, about a year in, I had blog posts that were getting like a hundred thousand readers instead of. 32 so it's cool and then from there getting invited to speak at things and then playing around with YouTube which I'm still playing around with it's not something that I'm at all in any way shape or form an expert at you're the you're definitely the expert here on this one
0: I don't know if I'm really that much of an expert I just steal a lot of ideas from existing YouTubers
1: (laughs) (laughs) that seems to be the way to go for really anything
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, I've enjoyed your your content because um, you've gone, uh, you've actually started shipping a lot more Amplify stuff, which is something I haven't really sort of tinkered around. Like I, I talked to Natter a couple years ago, got my feet well with Amplify, haven't actually touched it since. Um, so you've been actually showing how to build stuff, and like I love watching those videos. Actually, it's my favorite type of dev content. Is like start the video, show me the code, turn it off, and then I'll watch the next one. And uh, it's like, what do you say, like I'm an expert, like I've just been experimenting in a lot of different ways. Like we've been all inside, and it's actually part of the reason why you're here today too as well, Uh, because I've been experimenting and then sharing my experiments in in blog posts and YouTube videos as well Is like, hey, everybody should be doing this, and here's how I did it. And yes, I did do a whole video of my entire over the top uh, setup for streaming, but also, my point was I wanted to share that like this is what I have, like this is all obtainable to a certain degree. But I do want to do a follow up of like you could also do this from your your iPhone, which I love that. Um, yeah. Kurt Kempel, this um did a he's actually did a video on actually I don't know if he did a video, he did a blog post on using your iPhone as a camera, or maybe we just talked about it. Anyway, you can use your <laughs> iPhone as a camera, uh, which is yeah. for folks who are curious. Like this is my iPhone right here. Uh, you can see my finger. Moving in front of it, like that's that is just my iPhone Seven that I cracked, um, and also has no mic because it also died. So I'm like, oh, it's a perfect camera. So that's exactly what that is.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I very much filmed my first couple of YouTube videos on my iPhone a couple of years ago. I oh, had nice. an old YouTube channel that I ended up deleting because people on the internet sucked. But um, oh, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah yeah no but those were all filmed on my my phone so i think that's a great starting point and most people have some sort of phone with a camera at this point so
0: so did, did you um back when you created the youtube um uh, videos was that tech content or was that just random youtube videos
1: tech content
0: okay yeah, because I when I first started programming uh, back in like twenty thirteen twenty fourteen, I wanted to, I wanted to start a YouTube uh, channel like really bad, and um, but I didn't, and it was because I don't time. I also had kids, and I also was doing my first job as a junior developer. So like I wanted to be able to focus and not do another thing because I. If anybody follows me on Twitter, I'm kind of a uh, I just I do too much. Like and I'm I'm <laughs> I've got to the point where I'm okay to admit it. I I I actually do see a therapist too as well. I recommend it. Um <laughs> same, set same. set expectations on what you're trying to accomplish and make goals, write stuff down and be okay if it fails. Uh and yeah. so I say that because um uh, I wanted to share something. I was looking at my my first ever YouTube video and uh, this is going to be this is on my account, <laughs> but this is not tech But this is me. Uh, (laughs) I I submitted to a contest, uh, freecreditreport.com. I think they're still around. Uh, But this is where I got my start, is making YouTube videos in college. I've got a couple of other more embarrassing videos, but uh, this is... uh, this is why I know how, what I'm doing. Actually, this is why I don't know what I'm doing, to be quite honest. Uh, but I did go ahead and unlist this video. So it still exists, uh, but good luck finding it.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. Is that what your drawing that you use everywhere is from? Because you look identical to that drawing in that video.
0: Wow. You have a, you have a great eye. Yes. <laughs> okay. My, my avatar is actually me at 20 years old when... I was making YouTube videos and I was writing a lot of music as well. Uh, So I'm actually gonna plan on doing a a, a playlist so anybody can watch these because you can see where I started from. So I have this, um, I was playing in a, well, I had a singer songwriter project. And uh, so that's what I originally was using YouTube for is my music. Uh, But while I was making music, and while I was also working sales and learning how to use VB, VB to manage um, Excel spreadsheets, uh, I was also learning how to code at the same time. So I ended up pivoting away from the music career and into just writing code. That's awesome. <laughs> but That's to answer awesome. your question, my avatar is actually at this time when I was doing I Like Robot, which is the the name of the uh, the singer songwriter project. Uh, I was learning. I wanted to be a designer, like do a um, album covers, like kind of like how West Boss got his, his start. And uh, yeah, that was my introduction into this world: is music, eventually to graphic design, which is my avatar everywhere, and then eventually writing code.
1: That's so cool. That's so cool. I feel like the um, musician programmer overlap is so real. There's so many people who were musicians before coding. I think. From discussing with people, it seems like it's the practice piece of it that both fields you need to practice a bunch in order to um, really get good at it. And so, I think that might be part of the reason.
0: Yeah, and it's also it's it's a good point about the practice too, because like my role at DevRel, it's like I was actually just chatting with uh, the open source community in our pre-stream chat. And uh, folks, if you want to come and chat with us in the Discord, we do a chat before streams on Fridays, so definitely check it out. But um, my what I'm getting at is like I build projects. To go solve a problem, like if I want to learn amplify, I'll go build something random, yeah. like a baseball app. Like I don't like baseball, but I'll make a baseball app because that's like a it's a good construct to build an app into and like manage teams and, and statistics, and then I'll use that app and then I'll submit to conferences on a regular basis, uh, and that's sort of the same approach to like hey I want to learn the song. Yeah, yeah, but this is less about me and more about more about your story. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious of you now. You're at uh, Amplify or AWS, rather. Yeah. Um, what was the sort of like? You, I I guess did you enjoy being an advocate at the point that you're like, hey, let's try it again at this bigger place and like with like DevTools?
1: Yeah. So honestly, being a DA event uh, initially at DevTools, I didn't love it. I, okay something that I've always dealt with with being a DA is like, what's me and what is my job Yeah. and trying to split the two. And so, you know, what part of my social media is me and what part of it is my job and um, how do I advocate for things in an authentic way, but still keep it professional enough. And it's just balancing all the things I think. And, you know, how do I also still do all these side things because for a while uh, when I worked for general assembly, for example, like side work was my primary source of income, even though I still had a day job. And so I still wanted to be able to do all that because seeing my own little business grow and seeing what it could do was really cool to me. And I felt like I had real like ownership over that. And I wasn't really able to do that at Dev2. And so that was one of the big reasons why I ended up leaving and also just working remote was really tough for me at that time, which, um, I mean, ironically we're all (laughs) remote now too. Um, but so Amplified Natter, who's my manager reached out this summer and was like, it's a really cool opportunity. And the first call with him was just me pretty much being like, these are, my 10 concerns with being a developer advocate again, like, I don't think it's right for me. Like I like doing it as a hobby, but I don't think it's something that I want to do full time. Um, But I can honestly say this job has been the best job of my life. I'm in love with it. And I think the reason why is because I'm building things for people like me. And so it's really, really cool to be able to have direct input and just get to like build stuff with code all the time. And AWS is almost like a developer uh play place or something like that, because there's an endless amount of things that you can learn within AWS and build. And like I'm half the time still people send me tweets about, you know, how to X, Y, and Z service yeah connect and i'm like this is alphabet soup like i don't know what this is but um i don't know it's been so fun to learn all these things and be able to teach it back to the community and make all these connections with these really really smart people and constantly learn and grow and so i i love it now coming back to developer advocacy is something that i've really 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 enjoyed so um i can definitely recommend it as a career path now but i definitely definitely struggled with it at first
0: all right, well, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. If you are interested in doing developer content, maybe you want to write a blog post, start a YouTube channel, or TikTok, um, definitely hit me up in the open source Discord. I am always looking for collaboration opportunities. Um, I mean, I've just been doing a lot of GitHub action stuff as a late, so if you want to learn about GitHub actions or you want to show me a GitHub action or or if you don't show me something different that's not actions, uh, I am all for hearing from you. Uh, to say hello. I'm into this discord. Um, also want to point out if you are interested in hearing the rest of the conversation, this is actually, I didn't actually mention this up top, but this is a snippet of the full hour conversation we did with Allie. Uh, so youtube.com slash B Dougie. We have two separate videos that I'll be putting up this week. Um, focusing on tips and tricks and things that Allie is into for doing content. So definitely check out the YouTube channel for the rest of the conversation and stay saucy.